Hello and welcome back to the Final Corner Podcast. Um, this week's show, we're going to be taking a look at the Portuguese Grand Prix and the British Tour Car Championship penultimate round, which both were this previous weekend. And we're also going to take a look, quick look forward to Emma this weekend. Uh, Formula 1 returning there for the first time in well over a decade, I think about 14 years. Um, apologies for missing the Eiffel Grand Prix at the Nürburgring. Um and somebody Lewis Hamilton dominated and won. Um, there's not really much more news than that. Um, he equaled Michael Schumacher's win record. Um, and the only really big story out of that weekend was that Honda are leaving the sport next year. Next season will be the final season in Formula 1 as an engine supplier. Um, they've decided to invest their money in other motorsport activities. Uh, they are continuing with IndyCar. And have chosen to focus on that rather than continue on developing their engines for Red Bull and AlphaTauri, which has left Red Bull in a bit of a bit of a disaster again. Uh, they got Honda on board thinking that they've got a dedicated supplier who's going to work with them, that they can have influence on engine design. They thought they'd found a long-term partner, and just what three years into that partnership, probably less two and three. This will be three seasons, won't it? Then it's over already. Um, Red Bull, the obvious option would be to go back to Renault. That's really their only option if they're going to an existing manufacturer. But they have stated that their preference is to actually buy the Honda engine and run it themselves. Uh, obviously, they don't have the capability to develop an engine from scratch. They don't really have the capability in-house to develop an engine. So Red Bull are currently pushing for an engine freeze. Uh, to come in at the end of next season which Mercedes have said that they may support um, I cannot see Ferrari especially after this year of troubles um, and then Renault backing that um, they're seeing 2022 as a big opportunity if they feel that they can continue to make engine gains they're probably not going to want to give that up but that's what uh, Red Bull are aiming for if they get that they're going to buy the engine and develop it and run it themselves um, to me, that seems it's a, it's a short-term solution, really, for probably if they do get an engine freeze two or three years. Um, the reality is that they're going to have to, in the background, either build up their own engine capabilities so that they can build an engine, learn from Honda, learn from the Honda engine, and actually build their own going forwards, which is going to take a bit of time to build up that expertise and build up the the just the knowledge to do that and do it properly. I mean, Honda have been making engines for decades and they struggled to get into Formula 1. And so Red Bull, it's going to be a long road for them if they go down that road. It's going to be quite tricky. Um, but that's probably their best long-term solution. Or they buy the Honda engine, run it for a few years and in the background they find themselves a new manufacturer to come in to take over. Honda engine, use it as a basis and really build on that it's a probably less of a risk, although it's still a risk to bring someone new in F1 but using the Honda engine as a base for them um, it may reduce the teething problems that Honda themselves had a few years ago when they came back they don't want to be a customer and they've stated that pretty clearly over and over again they're not willing to be a customer that has no influence over an engine, so they're going to have to develop it themselves, or they're going to have to find someone new coming in. 
and whether they can go and find a Porsche or two or someone over the next year or two, who knows. But to me, that seems the best way is to partner with someone and really go down that route. to partner someone long term because building up an engine capability from scratch is going to be really difficult for them. It may be better for them that way. It may be financially better in the long term. I mean, it depends on the long term commitment to the sport where they want to be here in our 10, 15 years. If they do, they're going to need to find a long-term engine partner or do it themselves. So, that was the big news going into the weekend. Um, we'll just go straight into qualifying. Qualifying, Lewis Hamilton took pole from Valtteri Bottas. Bottas was dominant all weekend, but uh, Hamilton turned it on right at the end. Um, the Portuguese track, uh, just Portimao, I thought it looked epic. I mean, so many hills, so many fast corners. The the long straight where the final corner is long front hander, it's totally flat for F one cars. It looked brilliant. Um and Hamilton and several several other drivers were, were struggling over the weekend and kinda of building their way up, building their way up. Bottas was on it from minute go, but ultimately he falls short. Hamilton takes pole for stopping, came on for as you'd expect. Clerk is doing amazing things in that Ferrari. Um, he's, he, he came home in 4th, whereas Sebastian Vettel was 15th. Vettel has uh, put a lot of doubts over where he's actually got the same car as Leclerc because it's a massive gap between them. Um, Charles is driving amazing, but there must be a difference between those two cars. Albon, 6, really bad. Uh, qualifying for him even in 6 he, he needs to be 4th um, he needs to be 4th all the time Red Bull this weekend for the first time I've said he's actually racing for the seat um, he's under pressure they've said that they're going to go outside the driver academy and driver lineups and other teams to find a replacement if Albon can't step up and get qualifying 6 not a good start to the weekend when the pressure's really on Albon's probably got two or three races, including this one, so he's probably got uh, Imola and then Turkey to really save that seat for himself. Uh, six is not a good start. Both McLaren, 7th and 8th, uh, Gasly getting in the top 10 again, Ocon just missing out while his teammate was in 10th, uh, George Russell got through yet again in Q2, showing his performance, Giovinac um, saying Raikkonen just missing out. And then you've got Latifi at the back. Um, Latifi is still getting to grips with F1. Um, he's, he's not really getting anywhere near in qualifying pace, um, George Russell. But it's his first season, I suppose. You've got to give him a bit of slack for that. And he'll hopefully build up in the next year and really take a step forward. Because he, he's not impressed me yet. But I suppose it's a hard car to impress him when you're at the back. George Russell is managing to do it, but he's in his second year now. He's got that experience. He's built, built the team around him, really, and I wouldn't be surprised if the car's really suited towards him at this point rather than Latifi. But um, he'll be looking to really gain a few times over the next few races and going into the doubleheader in Bahrain. I think you want to see him closer to Russell next season, uh, and he really needs to start doing that now. So, going into the race, um, it was raining at the start, uh, which made it really, really exciting for once. Um, the, the track was just relayed a few weeks ago, which was causing problems all weekend. 
Um, lots of drivers were, were struggling for grip at various points. And when the rain came down, it just looked like sheet ice for a lot of drivers. Um, a lot of the front runners struggled off. They got off the line okay and then struggled after that. Most of them were on the mediums, so they just fell back. Um, Hamilton fell back. Bottas fell back. Uh, Verstappen ran wide at turn three. You've seen a lot of drivers running wide at turn one and, and at turn three. And he ran wide and rejoined going up the left hand or turn four up the hill. Um, he had Perez behind him. Perez tries to go past and the two collide. And Perez spins right to the back. Um, personally, I didn't really see that as a penalty worthy incident. Um, Verstappen was on track for a decent amount of time. It wasn't like Perez just had to swerve. Um, Perez decided to go around outside and could, could have left him more space. Uh, there's no way Max could have seen him in his mirrors and he's obviously coming out the left hand, he's going to drift right. So, I didn't really see that as a penalty incident and Stewart's agreed. No penalty for that one. Um, the soft runners off the start are absolutely flying. Um, the Red Bulls though, I think, were on the softs and just had, didn't have any grip for few laps. I mean, Albon dropped down to 12, so <laughs> disaster for him. Verstappen dropped back. Um, and Carlos Sainz took the lead. It was flying. It honestly opened up like about a three or four second lead over the Mercedes. Um, he just scampered off into the distance. And Norris was up to fourth. Um, Raikkonen gained ten places at the start. Uh, his, his first lap has been well published over the publicised over the last week. The videos have been posted everywhere. He just drives around everyone. He said in his post race interview he was wondering at one point what everyone else was doing. Because um, he just had so much grip where everyone else just seemed to be struggling. It honestly, it's like he was on a dry track and everyone else was bugging around on, sw- on slicks in a wet track. So, that that was this, the, the getaway. And it was a good, a good start for the the, the, media, the soft runners of the start. Uh, they really cleaned up the order. But once the medium guys got their tyres back up to temp, um, Bottas went straight through and read for... Stapping went up to third, Hamilton gained back, um, and the soft runners who got off to a great start end up dropping back, and most some of them dropping at the points like Raikkonen and uh, just couldn't couldn't hold on to the positions they were in. Norris and Stroll uh, ended up having a fight later on. Um, Norris was defending down into turn one pretty well. He was up, moving a little bit. Um, more than he probably should, but he was placing his car pretty much in the middle of the track, stopping Stroll from getting behind, uh, getting past him. Um, Stroll decided after a few laps of just not getting anywhere near him, uh, near past him anyway, um, to go around the outside into turn one. He made a real late dive halfway over the curb on the outside, which is fine, and then he tried to swoop around the outside of Norris. Fortunately, he didn't leave Norris any room. Um, and they both collided, uh, pretty much ruined both the races. I think both had to pit for front wings, certainly had to pit for damaged tyres. Um, Stroll got a five second penalty for that, um, which I feel was totally totally justified. Um, it, there was an incident in free practice where Verstappen and Stroll collided in the same way. I put that one down about 50-50. Um, Stroll... Didn't expect him to be there. 
Verstappen expected him to move uh, out of the way, and neither happened. They both collided, and this was a pretty much copy of the incident. But in this case, it was Stroll's fault. Um, he didn't give Lando any room, and it was a shame because Norris was going pretty well. He was looking for points after a couple of races where he's not had any, and it just compounds a horrible few weeks that Stroll's had. Obviously, missing the Eiffel Grand Prix. Um, with COVID, a DNF and Mugello, and I think there was another DNF in there, but he's had a torrid few races, uh, absolute terrible time, so he really needs a good weekend coming up anymore. Gasly having a great race in P5, while Albon is struggling to pass Kimi Raikkonen, um, Albon put on the mediums, came out, he absolutely destroyed his softs, came out, destroyed his mediums, in traffic, he could not get past Kimi Raikkonen. Um, Red Bull decided to pull him in for a second stop as his tyres were ruined and he wasn't going to make the, the end, which pretty much ended his race. Um, he wasn't going to come back through the grid and and claim himself some points. It was a, I felt a little bit sorry for Albon, but he got a poor start. He couldn't clear cars. When I saw him... When I saw him put on the pits the second time, I thought that Red Bull were tired of seeing him behind Raikkonen and lap after lap and getting near, nowhere near passing him. But they confirmed after the race that his tyres were, were, were done. There's, there was no way he was going to make it. Track limits were, were a constant issue. Um, turn 1, constantly warnings there. Uh, there was, I think there was warnings later on and all that. But I think you were getting three deleted times and then you were getting a warning flag. And then if you kept doing it, you got a five-second penalty, which uh, Lance Stroll got. So he had two five-second penalties. I think Grosjean may have got a penalty at one point as well. He certainly got warnings. So should have got a flag. Um, but I do I do go back and forward on track limits. Sometimes I think, yeah, no, you've got, you've got to enforce them. It's the only fair way to do it. But then I think, really, do I really care if someone goes an inch wide at turn one? And it gives him a penalty and potentially bruises, bruises him in position in the race. To be honest, uh, unless they're deliberately cutting a corner or trying to pass someone off track, I'm I'm in favour of taking a reasonable view on it. If someone's doing something extreme, um, which could happen in Imola, I'm just thinking of the exit of the chicane at the top of the hill. That's an easy one to just keep driving off track and getting an advantage. Um, if it's something like that, something extreme, punish them. But when, when it's when it's marginal like this, then I'm a pretty much on the side of the stewards letting it go. Um, I don't like to see penalties being handed out unnecessarily. So signs and Kimmy and had a brilliant fight. Um, they were side by side half a lap, coming through turn one, and then just kept going for three three quarters of the lap nearly. Um, it was a track that we were worried that there wouldn't be any overtaking on. There was actually quite a lot. The uh, DRS was a bit too powerful. Uh, people were getting past before turn one. But in this case, they were side by side for so, so long. It just looked like it was the end in tears. But Kimmy's such a fair racer these days. Occasionally gets it wrong. He got it wrong in the number ring and wiped out Russell. Um, but that that wasn't defending hard. That was a genuine mistake. Um, and this one, it was all fair. Uh, the TV director missed half of it by deciding to go to stupid camera angles no one wants to see, but still a great battle. Um, Perez and Ocon uh, just replicated that a few laps later. Um, P- 
Perez managed to get out in front of him at the end of that, but Ocon was still on his starting tyres. So his starting tyres up to, I think, mid-lap 50s. Um, incredible stint he did on those mediums. Um, and it was, he had good pace. It wasn't like he was trumping around trying to save his tyres. He actually had decent pace, and he kept himself in a good points position most of it. So it was a strong race for him. He's a... He's not had too many, to be honest, that I can think of. I'm not, I can't say I've ever been impressed with him this season until this race, but did really well to extend that stint. Perez decided to pit again and put on soft tyres. He was also pitted right at the start of the race after his spin. Um, that that was a, ended up being a mistake. Um, he started to struggle on them. Gasly rocked up to his rear um, and just... Tried to pass it turn one, coming down the street with DRS. Perez struggling and then made a really, really late move as uh, Gasly tried to dive down the inside. Um, jinked right as soon as Gasly went and it was so close to a crash. Gasly had to stamp on the salt pedal, try and stop hitting the back of Perez. Um, and he got, I think Trisha got reprimand after the race for that. Um, it was just too late. Too dangerous. Um, hard defending's fine, but that was that was just over the line. But Gasly got past the uh, the next lap, um, secures himself fifth, and then on the final lap, Sainz gets past Perez and takes sixth, which was great for McLaren um, to outscore Racing Point. They needed that. Um, they needed to claw points back in the, the midfield battle. And uh, I wonder if Racing Point will regret. I'm sure they regret putting Perez on the sauce because they just did not work at all. Um, whether they were overheating, underheating, I'm not sure. But they, they just, he just didn't have any grip, didn't have any pace at all. And then well, I haven't spoken about him all race, but Lewis Hamilton wins comfortably uh, once he overtook Bottas, and um, he just drove away. He was complaining about his tyres, but kept putting on fastest laps. He was complaining he had cramp in, cramp, cramp in his calf, um, and yet still putting on fastest laps. It's really painful. I, I, I have calf problems, and they like to tear very often. Um, so it's really, really painful. Uh, but it, 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 it's funny with Hamlin. There's a lot of memes of it on the internet, but he complains constantly about tyres and something but he just keeps going quicker um, so from the outside some of it seems a bit unnecessary but he takes his win and uh, breaks the record for most wins uh, Bottas ruined his tyres, had no pace at all and Verstappen came home in third uh, with Leclerc behind him, Leclerc that's amazing for Ferrari, they've made strides at least of one car um, to climb up the grid and that's a brilliant performance in fourth Gasly fifth, another brilliant drive from him. Uh, absolutely outstanding to get his alpha tower into fifth. Because then his uh, teammate was 19th. Uh, that's just a brilliant drive for Gasly, who's just constantly been performing so well. Perez seventh, uh, Ocon eighth, Ricardo ninth. So Ocon's mega first stint actually got him in front of his teammate, um, which is a good result for him. It's time for him to start putting his authority down that team going into next season where Fernando Alonso is going to going to be taking up the the other seat, the leading seat possibly. 
Uh, he, he can't let himself become a number two driver, so he needs, to, he needs strong results in the last five races. Magnussen, Grosjean, the has, two Haas drivers were at the back, A16-18, Latifi was 18th, Kvyat 19th, Stroll also retired, Norris ended up getting back up to 13th and Russell was 14th, still waiting on his first point. So, the championship, that left Lewis Hamlin with 256 points, miles ahead of everyone else, he's 77 points I think right ahead of Bottas who is just trying to fight for second really at this point to hold off for Stappen, um, who is 17 points behind them. Then it gets interesting in the midfield. Uh, you've got Daniel Ricciardo up to fourth now, and there is only 17 points between him and fourth, and Pierre Gasly in ninth. So that's a really tight midfield battle in there. Um, both of them still waiting for the first point. In the team's championship, Mercedes can wrap up the team's constructors' championship this weekend at Imola. Um, and in the battle for third place, uh, it's still quite tight. Uh, Ferrari look like they're probably a bit too far behind. It depends on how well Charles Leclerc can pull that far up the grid. And if Vettel can either get a grip of it or the secret magic parts that Leclerc has in his car get put on Vettel's as well. But it's racing point in third at the moment, 126, McLaren 124, Renault 120, and then Ferrari are on 93. So it looks like a free horse race for third um, between racing point McLaren and Renault. They'll all be looking for that extra cash. Um, it'll be a great achievement from the finish third. AlphaTauri have pretty much seven reserves already. They've got 77 points because Alpha Romeo and Haas, five and three each. Um, and William's still at zero. So the big news after the race, well, over the weekend really, uh, was the driver situations. So both Haas drivers were confirmed to be leaving and neither look like they're going to get a seat for next year. Uh, Grosjean's been talking about WC, um, so it looks like that's where he's going. Both Haas seats seem to be going to Mick Schumacher and Mazepin, Nikita Mazepin from Formula 2. Um, Gunter Steiner had said in a private conversation with Grosjean that Grosjean decided to share that it was a financial decision to bin them both. Um, Mick Schumacher comes in, um, he probably brings some sponsorship and Mazepin does bring big sponsorship with him. He has a lot of money behind him. Um, so that's why those guys are going there. Um, expected that Expected them to go. Either they'll go. Ex- they would go experience with Perez because he brings money as well, or they would go with a young driver with money. Either they save money or get money in. So that's the way they're looks like they're going. Uh, the Red Bull situation is probably the most interesting. Red Bull have said that they're going to look outside their stable if Albon can't step up. Um, there's also a lot of talk about Shinoda getting the second. Uh, not seat. Uh, they're really keen to get him in that seat if he can get his super license if he doesn't or to just decide that um, he's not ready it looks like Kvyat's gone regardless so it looks like Albon will be in that seat um, maybe Kvyat's not gone let's, let's, maybe if they decide Shinoda's not ready and they do decide to give the Red Bull seat to Albon maybe he stays but I, I think he's probably gone uh, despite starting the season reasonably well 
Um, Albon's got a couple of races to save his job um, because if they go over Shinoda and decide to drop him, he's out of our drive. Um, I don't think it. I think it would have to be good for him to get dropped in the Alpha Tower. Um, he needs to go and do what Gasly did. Gasly went there and built his confidence back up, and now he's driving. He's probably one of the probably the informed driver on the grid. Really, uh, got the win in Monza, and then it's just been driving superbly. Um, Gasly's confirmed for that seat. Um, the two options for Red Bull then are Perez and Hulkenberg. Well, it's like either one of those are not going to be on the grid next year. Um, could be both not on the grid, but it looks like at least one will probably get the Red Bull seat. I think they've lost faith ultimately in Albon. Uh, Perez has been allegedly stirring up rumours in the paddock about going to Williams. Williams have said today that they're sticking with George Russell. It was Russell's seat that was going to be at risk if Perez did go there. That story didn't make much sense to me. Um, people were talking about the, the financial backing that Perez has. But the team's just been bought over by new investors. There's new money in there. Uh, it would shock me if they were so desperate for cash that they're going to get another driver just for sponsorship reasons. So they're sticking with Russell. So it was like either Perez or Hulkenberg will be in Red Bull. And Red Bull had contacted Hulkenberg about replacing Albon at the Eiffel Grand Prix because Albon had a an inconclusive COVID test. He only tested second time negatively, so could race. But Hulkenberg was rumoured for that. Um, I'd like to see both of them stay in the grid, but it looks like only one are going to get that seat. Uh, Alfa Romeo have confirmed they're staying in the sport next year. Uh, they've extended their name and rights deal with Sauber for at least another year. They're talking about a long-term extension, but they've at least agreed a year at the moment. And they've confirmed that Giovinazzi and Kimi Raikkonen are both going to stay in the team for another year. Um, I was a bit surprised they kept Giovinazzi, but Ferrari obviously like him, so... Uh, they want to keep him in that seat. They've not seen anyone else that will go in there that they want to put in. Obviously, there was other drivers that are either supposed to have had tests that were cancelled or were having tests in the year. Robert Schwartzman and Carl Mylott. But um, I think Alfa Romeo and Ferrari both seem to seem to like Giovinazzi and would say to keep him. Uh, he's not impressed. He's driven better this year than he had last year, but he's not massively impressed. Next year, they'll obviously get a new Ferrari engine, which will send them a bit further forward. Um, so maybe they're, they're waiting to see what they can do in a competitive, more competitive car next year. So that that pretty much wraps up the Formula 1. We're at Imola this week. Um, time's running out for guys who don't have seats to get seats. Lance Stroll still isn't confirmed at uh, Aston Martin Racing Point next year. That's Obviously not gonna. I don't think he's gonna get chucked out by his dad. Um, it would be a bit of a shocker if they binned Perez and then somewhere brought in, brought in a Hulkenberg. So even though that's not announced and it's still being linked as a vacancy, it's it's not. Same with Lewis Hamilton. He's he's still not signed the contract. Um, he wants to talk about the deal after he's got the championship, which can be I think in two two races time at uh, Turkey. Uh, he can't win it this weekend. I think he can maybe work it, win it in Turkey. Uh, if not, the first race at Bahrain. So, 
he he will sign a contract. He's, he's putting a lot of doubts on how long it'll be. Uh, so far, he's signed three-year contracts for the team. It uh, wouldn't surprise me if he signs another three years and that'll be his last one. Uh, he's 35 now, about to turn 36. So, taking a lot to his 40s. He might go on, but I think this is going to be his last big contract. Um, and there's no real any need for him to go anywhere else. So, that'll do it for Formula 1. Well, then... Now, take a look at British Touring Car Championship, which has its penultimate round last weekend. Um, Ash Sutton was leading the championship going into the weekend. It was a bit tightening up a little bit at the top. Um, people losing themselves points in previous races. You know, I'm thinking Ash Sutton making a, a silly move on Jake Hill uh, final corner, I think, two races ago. Tom Tuckington had a horrible weekend. So everyone's been costing themselves points, so People were, I think there was about five drivers, I would say, were in touch and distance going into this weekend. Qualifying, Colin Tuckerton took the pole position uh, with Jake Hill behind. Ingram, third, Butcher, fourth, Camish, fifth, Sutton, sixth. So, the main championship rivals are all in the top six going into this weekend. Uh, Aidan Moffat did a good good job getting himself in, in the top ten. He came in ninth in qualifying. Uh, maybe starting to get a hold of that that car, which he's been struggling with all season. He's been miles off the pace of his teammate. Uh, in qualifying this this weekend, he was about three tenths off in the final shootout, which isn't isn't bad considering where he's been. So he he'll be quite happy with, with that. Race one, well, race one and race two, I can, I can basically sum up with lights to flag. Uh, one for Colin Turkington. In uh, race one, Ingram challenged him at the start, um, got alongside and Colin uh, squeezed him, kept the lead. Um, Ingram had an advantage off the start with, with, with uh, having his tyres up to temperature, uh, but couldn't challenge after that. He got in a fight with Hill. Uh, they traded places a few times, um, but uh, Ingram managed to stay ahead. Uh, Hill did go dived on the inside of one of the right-handers at one point. I felt like it was a fair enough manoeuvre to try and go down the inside. Ingram saw and kept moving over, uh, which caused contact, sent Ingram into a half spin. Hill went through, but then decided to let Ingram pass. Uh, uh, to me, looking at it, I didn't think that was necessary. I didn't think that was right. Um, I thought it was a fair enough move. I thought Ingram saw him. Ingram decided to try and shut the door, um, and he caused the contact more than Hill. I think Hill admitted to it after the race. It was his fault and he didn't want a penalty. Understandable. Um, and obviously I let Ingram through. But to me, that, that wasn't necessary. I wouldn't have done it. Because um, the worst thing that would have happened after the race is the stewards would have just reversed the positions. So if I was Hill, I would have kept that. It was a, it was a fair move to me. Um, further down out the, the order, I mean, Butcher and Sutton fought a lot behind, uh, there was a bit of contact between them a few times a lot of contact this weekend with Butcher uh, but he managed to come across in front of Sutton as both of them lost in the championship, uh, obviously Tuckington winning, Camish coming home in 6, Tuckington gaining on Sutton um, really putting himself in a good position race 2, same same thing happens again Uh he takes a one from lights to flag not really under too much challenge I had Ingram behind most of it but it was never really in risk 
Ingram takes second uh, after a bit of contact with Rory Butcher. Um, and then he manages to hold off something behind him after that for a good few laps. Um, no real incidents, down the grid. Kamish made a move for fourth and Butcher later on, but there was contact which allowed Jake Hill to get past through them. Up and dropped the Kamish down to six, which you don't need to be doing moves like that when you're going for the championship, so he's he lost out again. Um, the big star of this race was Ollie Jackson, who came from the back after spinning on lap one of race one um, and managed to come home in eighth. So a really great drive for him. Uh, he's been driving well. Got his win uh, recently. He's been going really well. Race three, um, rattling through the years because it wasn't, really wasn't too much to report in the first two. Race three, though, was a bit of typical race three. Uh, you could say... Race 2 star, Roy Jackson pulled off an amazing move around the outside of Adam Morgan to take the lead. Um, the lead he held on to the end uh, to take the win. Uh, he was under constant pressure from the Mercedes behind and then other other championship rivals decided to try and join that party. Um, but he managed to take his second win in the championship pretty pretty comfortably. He drove his own race. He, he had cars behind but he never went... He never defended too hard. He just drove as he drove as he wanted. Behind though, it all kicked off. Um, yeah, Smiley got punted off by Camish at one point. Who he it was a shame because he was going well. Camish got in a bit of trouble with Josh Cook. Um, it was a fairly tight race in the pack. Uh, Smiley, as I said, came on twenty third. And then it all really kicked off in the final lap uh, between Roy Butcher and Tom Ingram. Uh, Butcher had a comfortable lead over Ingram going in the last lap, but for some reason, all on the back straight, uh, decided to start weaving like a madman, side to side, and cost himself so much ground, and then made a mistake in the next corner, um, allowing Ingram to get right up behind him. Uh, Butcher said it was because he had water on his tyres, he had went for a puddle. But that just looked like madness. Considering uh, the gap he had to Ingram, he could have just drove normally and he'd been fine. But he decided, decided to be cover and it put Ingram right up behind him. Uh, Ingram tried to go up the inside into penultimate right hander, long right hander before he a tight left on the, on the main straight. Ingram squeezes up the inside. Uh, Gives Butcher a little bump. There's a little bit of rubbing. Uh, Butcher then runs out wide. Can't get the car stopped. Um, straightens his steering. Goes straight across the grass. And T-bones Ingram. Wiping them both out. Uh, Butcher went from 3rd to 5th. And Ingram dropped to 8th. Um, they both managed to get across the line. But allowed Tuckin to get through and take a podium. So it was it was really, really stupid. Um, Butcher didn't need to drive like that. And... Could Ingram been a little bit less aggressive? Uh, was the contact really necessary? It was tight. I mean, he was squeezing it up the inside of a tight corner. Um, but really, Butcher, I think he got a warning after the race for this as well. But his driving on the final lap, it was poor. And he had other, he had other bits of contact over the weekend as well, which, which didn't look too great on him. Sutton managed to get up to fourth. Um, and... Gain a lot of it on Tur- not gain on Turkington, but at least keep in touch with him in this race. Um, and it really, that these results have really put Ingram and 
Rory Butcher out of the championship contention, which is a shame. Um, if they hadn't had that incident in the, the final lap, I'd say they maybe still a bit within touching distance. Ingram, I would say, probably would be. Uh, Butcher, I think, was probably out of it, uh, given the, the, the results in the first two races. But it leaves the championship like this. Turkington leads. He's got a nine-point gap of, uh, over Ash Sutton. Dan Camish, it, it was a relatively quiet weekend. Uh, it was a, he wasn't spectacular in the race. He's obviously punted off Smiley. He had a lot of contact with Butcher, but it was never... He didn't have an outstanding weekend, but it was it was consistently in a good points position. So he's in third. He's 25 points behind the leader. So I think he's in touch and distance. Ingram's 34 points behind Turkington. I'd say he's now out. Butcher's 63 behind Turkington. He's definitely out. Um, so we're going to Brantach Indy in a few weeks' time. Uh, 14th, 15th of November for the final rounds of the championship. I, my pick, my pick is probably going to be Camish. Um, went well there last year. Also had the brake failure in the final race, which cost him the championship. I think Camish will be strong here. Um, I think Sutton takes too many risks. And if he's in a close battle with Turkington or anyone else really, especially around the Indy track, there's a lot of places you can you can easily go side by side and go off here. I think Turkington and Sutton may get themselves in a bit of trouble. Um, and I can see Camish having a strong race one and then just keep going through the weekend. So, if I was, uh, it's an outsider, I suppose, but my, my money would be on Camish to do it this year. Um, he needs a strong race, strong qualifying, strong race one. Now. If race one goes bad, it's over. Um, so he needs he needs to really nail it from from the minute go uh, this in the coming weekend. But we'll wait and see. I'd love to see Tuggington win it again as well. He's he's a good guy. Sutton's been consistently aggressive as you'd expect all season. Um, I think Camus is just pugged away. He's he's never the the Honda's never been outstanding. But he's just pugged away and got good results. Um, really outclassed his teammate, Matt Neal, who's been not on the pace really this year. I wonder if he'll continue on for another year, if that'll be it uh, for him. But he's not really been on the pace. And Camish has been pugging away quite well. So that'll do it for this week. MO this weekend, um, which I'm really excited about. I love, I love this track. Um... They're not using the chicane that used to be at the, the end of the lap isn't there anymore, so I don't think they're using it um, this week. But the trip, the cars are going to be epic going through here. Um, I don't know if it'll be a good race, but the previous races, we've said that this year, uh, have been. I mean, Portugal was a good race. Nürburgring was a good race. Magello was a great race. Um, so the tracks, new tracks that we thought would be pretty poor on race day have actually been brilliant so I'm holding up hope for Imola and in Portugal um, I'd love to see these not Portugal, Turkey, sorry I've just been to Portugal um, so I'm uh, I'd love to see these tracks stay in the calendar I can think of other tracks which are woeful uh, two that come to mind is Spain, Catalonia terrible track for racing it's poor every time and Paul Ricard it's a dreary, dreary, dreary track. 
Um, it's just a big bit of tarmac with thousands of stupid painted lines on it. It's really, really poor. And there's probably a few more tracks that we could probably ditch for some of these. I mean, I'd love to see Majesty. Uh, Ring was a good race in Portugal. I'd happily watch cars go around here again. Maybe we can extend the calendar. Drop those two. Drop Spain. Drop France. And put those two on the calendar, and I think I think we have a we'd have a good we'd have a good twenty two races. Then at that point, I think it would be um, the calendar next year is rumored to be pretty much the same as what this calendar should have been. Um, so we'll be going back to North America, Brazil, China, Vietnam will make its debut, which well, looks like it'll be an awful track um, for racing on, but. Wait and see. It's certainly an awful track on the video game this year. <laughs> it's just awful. Uh, I'm not expecting much of it. much of that. But we will have Zandvoort next year. So that might be quite a fun one. Um, so the calendar. It's a shame. It's a shame we're not going to get these historic tracks which are great. To see cars going around. It's a shame. But got him on this weekend. I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, it's only a two-day weekend, so there's no be no running today. There's a ninety-minute practice session tomorrow morning, and then we're straight into qualifying. I think at two twelve o'clock, it's an early qualifying time. Um, and then I believe the race is at ten past one. Uh, I might double check that myself. I'm I'm starting to put doubts in my head. All the changes to daylight savings has thrown me off. Um, but I'm on this weekend. Really excited. Um, I'm on a win. Undoubtedly, um, but the midfield battle should be should be great. Um, really excited to see who come out on top in the midfield. Uh, and put myself in a good position for Turkey and then the double header at Bahrain. So we'll be back in a few days' time. I promise this time. Uh, a few days' time wrapping up the action from Imola. No turn cards, as I said, till the fourteenth, fifteenth. So uh, we'll we'll see what other motorsport I can find online. Maybe take a look at something else. Um, I don't know if IndyCar is still going. I'll have a look at that. But we'll be back with at least the Formula 1. And we'll see what else we can gather. So thank you. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>